everybody wait, stop, start, wait, stop, start, and start again. This is Baron Vaughn, and welcome to Deep Shit. Um, it's been an interesting week in the world of me. Um, last week's guest, Jackie Cation, was on Conan. If you didn't get a chance to see that, go to the Team Coco website and look up Jackie Cation right now and laugh your belly to a place of fitness. <laughs> is that a thing? It is now. Anyway, um, today's guest on the podcast is Mr. Ryan Singer, who asked me to pitch him for things. So, Hollywood, if you're listening, Ryan Singer's where it's at. Uh, we had a really interesting conversation about time. Time is a concept. Time is a construct. Time is a burden. Time is an obstacle. Time as a tool. It's, uh, it's, some people would say it's on our side. There's a song about it that I go into. When I decide to come up with the, you know what that that always makes me reminds me of that movie Fallen. You guys remember that movie Fallen? It has Denzel Washington in it and it has John Goodman in it. And the concept is there's some demon on Earth that inhabits a person's body, and it transfers itself from person to person by by touch. So Denzel Washington, I guess, is some detective, and he catches this guy who's a murderer who is the latest body that this demon has inhabited. And it, they, they, just, they kill him, but, the, but the, the demon continues to live. It like transfers itself to another body, and it keeps singing the song, Time is on my side. It's been around since the 60s, and that's its favorite song. So every time you, you know it's in a different body when that person is interested in that song and sings it. So whenever I think of the song, Time... Is on my side. I'm thinking of a demon in a Denzel Washington movie. So that's where my brain goes. And um, aren't you happy your brain does not? Um, I have started getting some emails from people who are listening to the podcast. That's awesome. Fucking thanks. That's really cool. Um, I wanted to send a shout out to some of those mofos that uh, sent me an email about deep shit. Uh, I just got one from somebody that calls themselves uh, Watanabe-san. So I don't know what your name is, Watanabe-san, but you wrote me a little bit about my relationship philosophies, and uh, all I can say is that you're absolutely wrong, but I'm glad that I said something that interested you. And we can talk more about that someday. I was going to reply to you, but I thought I could. I was going to send you a list of books that were about alternative relationship structures, and all those books are written by women. So that would literally undo the argument you had about how open sexuality is specifically a male thing and women don't like it. That is not true. And I don't think that everything is a social construct. Yeah, some things are inherent and intrinsic. But there's no one thing that every man does, and there's no one thing that every woman does. Uh, there's we're all multifaceted, and social socialization steers us one way. Like people say, jealousy is a natural emotion, right? But what's the opposite of jealousy? What's on the other side of that coin? That's also a natural emotion. Jealousy has two sides to it. But because of the way that we are, we feed the jealousy in ourselves. We feed the emotions and we feed the ideas that would make us jealous people. Therefore, we tend to be more jealous people. 
It's not that just jealousy is natural, therefore you feel it because it's natural. It's also you have been taught to feel that, and you've been taught to expect that. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. That's what I, that's what I have to say to myself. Anytime I start to get on a uh, fucking tangent, I, I just go blah, blah, blah to myself. Um, another uh, email that I got was from a gentleman named uh, Danny Phelps. He was a comedian in Portland. Danny, I'm going to reply to your email that you sent me. Thank you for sending that email. Uh, we have met, and I remember that we met in Portland. And uh, I'm glad that you enjoy the motherfucking podcast. And then another person who sent me an email, uh, Kate McLaughlin. Hey, Kate, what's up? Thanks for the email. And I, I replied back to you. And you said something really nice. And I read your email it sounds stupid to say this, but I read your email when I was in a place that really needed to read your email. So thank you for that. Anybody else out there that's tweeting and jibing and jumping and wailing? Fucking uh, thanks. Hit me up on Twitter. And, and some of you have hit me up on Twitter, and I appreciate that. And Leave reviews on iTunes and shit. Fucking shit's important, I think. <laughs> um, Ryan Singer is actually... Walking around laughing at what I'm saying to you guys right now. I just did I just did the interview with him, and I'm recording the introduction. And he's walking around tweeting pictures of my bathroom with no toilet paper and laughing at me. Hey, Ryan, do you have anything to say about the conversation we just had? Just, uh, just one sentence? Make time for it. Jesus Christ. Here's the conversation. <laughs> it's my time. With the mic. Yeah, just don't fucking shift it all around and be like. Oh, because what if I need to like lay down? Because we're really getting into some stuff. And I'm oh, feeling good it. God, just yeah, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I, I feel like I. I don't know what you're saying. You know what? Okay. I feel like I might be like like this. I might. I feel like uh, I might be like this at some time. Although I can't make eye contact. Can you hover over me? No. While I. Gosh. No, I can't hover okay. over you. Are we recording right now? Yeah, of course I'm recording. Okay. God damn it! I don't know. I might we... leave all this in. Okay. Well, I mean, hey, that's that's your choice, you know. It's good to be back in the living room. Yeah, okay, good. It's good to have you back in the living room, man. <laughs> uh, tell me a little about the about the organic tour. Oh, the organic comedy tour. Uh, organic we, comedy. You and Jared Harris. Yeah. We uh, went to a bunch of underground comedy rooms across the country to try to showcase uh, and document with a, with a real ragtag documentary crew. Those are the best uh, kind. Yeah, so... If they're rag, not so much. If they're tag, not so much. But ragtag? That combination, of, yeah. It's, it's like peanut of, butter and chocolate. I was going to say peanut butter and mayonnaise. Oh, you were going to make a joke out of something that no. I believe is, is great? No, no, because peanut have you ever had a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich? I, I mean, not, look on your face says no, and I'm nor would you want to. from Ohio, Ryan. <laughs> well, you don't have to. Well, okay, maybe that's fair. Is this the white trash thing? Is that what it's doing? my dad showed me when okay, I was younger. So it is white trash. He was eating it. I was like, that's the grossest thing ever. <laughs> peanut butter uh, and mayonnaise, really? Personally, I actually don't like peanut butter and chocolate. It's literally the only combination I like. I sold somebody recently and then made fun of me for being poor. So I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's what poor people eat when they want peanut butter and chocolate. I'm like, yeah, that's, I don't know. I didn't grow up in a mansion. So I like Little Debbie Nutty Bar. Okay. That's kind of it. 
That's kind of it. I didn't know that. Was I like peanut butter. Snack. I love peanut butter. Really? I don't really like chocolate, but I will eat a lot of chocolate well, if peanut butter is involved. I eat a lot of chocolate if peanut butter is involved. Okay. Once peanut butter shows up to the chocolate party, you know, I'm. Oh, okay. you know what I did? Uh, two snacks that I didn't know were actually good Pe- peanut butter and apples. Oh, yeah. Apple slices dipped in peanut butter. Oh, yeah. Uh, and crackers and jelly. Okay, not as much on my uh, my meter that sends me off to like excitement, but dude, like grape jelly or strawberry jelly. You know what's even better is you dip a cracker in that and that salty. Yeah. It's sweet and salty. She. You know what's even. Well, this is gonna maybe sound weird, but almond butter and apple slices. Delicious. So good. I was gonna say gross, but I've actually had that. It is really so good. good. I like almond anything. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in the almond milk and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm on the almond milk train. Uh it's, it's an interesting train. I'm going to start roasting my own almonds. It's a nutty, are you serious? Yeah, I'm going to get into it. You know, I'm just going to go with it. I heard the way to make your own almond milk is like you soak them in water or something. Oh, no. Just get one of those really uh, good blenders, and you can just blend them all and add a little bit of water. Boom. Like if you have a Vitamix blender, you can just dump a bunch of almonds into it. And well, I happen to have one right here. And uh, well, that's really funny. Now, now, now take a drink of this pre-prepared almond milk I've already oh, made oh, in oh, your Vitamix oh, blender. Almorific. Almorific? That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> There's anybody good. I know it's actually not that good. who can who just commits to to the morph. <laughs> what just making up words? Yeah, almondific. Yeah, almondiferous. Nope. I All think right. uh, yeah, I'm really on the almond train, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. What other trains are you on right now? Um, I'm on the almond train. I'm on the oh, I'm on the flaxseed train. Oh. Oh. Sammy Sosa likes flaxseed. Oh, really? I have no idea. Oh, that's awesome. Didn't if he, he did. get busted for... Oh, no, that was Barry Bonds, wasn't it? Flaxseed oil. Oh, it's flaxseed oil. Yeah, okay. I thought it was Sammy Sosa. Oh, that could be totally, that could be totally wrong. I think it's every athlete, isn't it? Yeah, flaxseed is, is really good. The roasted kind, you can just throw that into like whatever you want. Mm, yeah. um, what other train am I on right now? I'm on the uh, TED Talk train. Uh, I mean, just all kinds of like random trains uh, leaving the station. I'm on the I Hope I Have a Car train. My car was like, the check engine light was blinking on the way over here. Ugh. It started late last night. And it's like really sputtery. Is it going to explode? I just don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's going to explode because the heat gauge wasn't going up. Okay. But it just makes me wonder how much time that car has left. How long have you had it? I've had it 10 years. <sighs> yeah, like I've a had pet. it. Yep. Like, I think it's time to put it down. No, no, don't say that. Oh, I, I'm I can't just afford saying, to get a new pet. I'm just. <laughs> a very expensive pet that you live inside sometimes, depending on how your life is going. Oh yeah, I've done that. I guess not for very long at all, but yeah, I think I've done it too. No, I haven't. No, I didn't. I mean, I've spent a lot of nights in that car, but I've never lived in it technically. Mm. I feel like it's going around. Oh, the living in the car living thing. Living in the cars. Well, I think just because, especially because of the people we know. Yeah. When you run in our circles, we're coming out of this recession, kind of. Yeah, and it's just the artist type. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, not a lot of struggling accountants living in their living in their van. Unless that's a really interesting <laughs> strategy <laughs> to live in a van nowhere near a river. <laughs> I ran into uh, Dave Stone. Yeah, that was who I was specifically who's thinking living of. Living in a van. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, "This is a choice I made." Because I was like, "Oh, yeah." He's like, "No, no." He's like, "People ask." And me. he will refuse a bed. Yeah, he's like, "No, I've committed to this choice." It's like, yeah. But I gotta say, it's not. I gotta respect it. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, he's he's made a very uh, very uh, strategic financial choice to do that and and not have that uh, and not have that mobility 
and to have that mobility, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know what we're talking about. I think he's a good example of when you take advantage of uh, creativeness. Like, for example, he wanted to move to Los Angeles. Did he necessarily have um, the money saved up or or whatever you might need, the resources? No, he, but he made it work. He got creative and like, I'm going to live in Los Angeles. I can't afford maybe an apartment, right? I don't have enough savings. I don't really know all of the backstory, but so a lot of it's speculation, but that's pretty much what I base all of my arguments on. But, um, so he, like, he's a good example of just being creative and getting something you want because you want it bad enough. Well, he was also telling me that like, you know, he's a feature. So he's like, I'm not making the money. <laughs> yeah. Right. As a feature when no one's traveling you or putting you up. So it's like now he can take those gigs, drive to such and such, and blah blah blah. Everyone's like, "Where are you staying?" It's like, "Oh, the Ritz." Put and then he winks at the camera because <laughs> we all know it's a band. <laughs> he's just got a. He's got a. Uh, he just takes out some almond butter. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> "I'm horrific." I was thinking he had a, like a Ritz uh, cracker sticker on the back of his van. Like oh, he's being sponsored by. Oh, the, that's by true. The, the Ritz sticker. The Ritz, he just kind yeah, of winks, wink, huh? Crackers. Anyway, oh, so I guess we can transition into talking about shit. Okay. Would you like that to be a thing that happens right now? Yeah. I mean, it's your, this is your ship. It's my deep ship. Yep. Nope. All right. That was really good, actually. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I I just had the smallest, most expensive iced coffee from Burger King. It's really disappointing. Whoa, 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 whoa. It was like six ounces. I thought it was going to be bigger. (laughs) You went for the size, but not the price. I went off the value menu. And you saw, okay, so it was really expensive. I was like, if my car is going to die because I was in the drive-thru, just kind of, I'm like, if I'm going to, I'm going to go down d- delicious. I'm going to go down delicious. So I got a Burger vanilla King iced coffee. coffee. <laughs> it was like a buck sixty, and it was about six ounces. It's I like a water cup you get from a restaurant when you don't want to bay f- or buy a drink. I said bay. Oh. I combined bay or buy and pay. Hey, yeah, bay. I, my, my mouth doesn't work anymore. My mouth. <laughs> There's a comic, uh named Tim McIntyre is a Boston uh, area comic, New England comic. When I started doing stand-up in Boston, he saw me early on and he was like, hey, you're really funny. You know, you gave me some early encouragement. And uh, at the time, I had just recorded an album, which I took and I listened to. I was like, oh, this is what somebody that's a working comic is doing. And it's hilarious. It's very good. And there is a joke that I can't stop thinking about. Um... It was just like I read this paper. This guy got bitten in the mouth by a snake seven times. <laughs> He's like, I don't understand how you get bit seven times. Seven times. And he acts out the guy just like being like, it's like, I just don't understand. He's like, oh, son of a bitch. And he's like, fuck you, snake. Go. Snake. And he's like, by that time, he realized the snake was winning. <laughs> and then, he, then it's like, he, he does the impersonation of him trying to tell the cops that he got snake bitten. But, of course, his mouth is Doesn't all work. swole. And he's like, ah, snake by my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, what? What did you say, sir? Snake by my mouth. Sorry, I can't, I can't understand what that. He's like, then he's got to act it out. Oh, okay. So, snake by my mouth. I love it. So some every now and then I just go snake by my mouth out of nowhere. Anyway, that was a good uh, story. so that's what that means. Yeah, snake by my mouth. And yeah. so if I ever hear you do that, I'll just go. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
and then and then everyone else would be like, man, they've got a really deep relationship. Yeah, they really they've like booty. A, tang. They got their own language. They really like booty tang. So, speaking of which, um, time is on my side. This is what you want to talk about? Time, yeah. Time, do it. But but you want to you. You got a lot to say. You got a lot to say about time, but you want to do more research. So you're saying you want to look up. Well, more no, about I'm really fascinated by the construct of time. Okay. Because we invented it. Yep. And it controls everything we do. Who was it that was that you? No. Was the it? other day somebody had a joke about seven dog years? No, it's not me. Maybe it was that good luck bar. I mean, I thought, and someone had a joke about wh- how we just made up. Made that up, like oh yeah, one one years seven dog years is one human year. It's like we yeah. don't know we're not dogs. We just accepted that that's a thing. Someone just made that up. I, I bought that my whole life. I've never I've never questioned it. Never questioned it. The dog we don't know. It's like oh that dog's if the dog is three, it's basically like it's twenty one. Like that dog is legal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's grass on the field. It will pee on it. Yeah. Oh okay. I see. <laughs> I was like, where's he going with this? That's good. Play ball works because we'll dogs love we'll to fetch. Ball. But anyway, so the construct of time, we made it up. Go ahead. Talk about it. This is going to be deeply philosophical. Well, I realized recently on that tour how controlled I am by time. Like, I'm I'm a real prisoner to it. I am crazy about being late to things. Okay. I think it was because I was how I was raised. But Which um, is how? If you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. And what what does it mean if you're late? Like, is that Oh, mean- it's just anxiety. It's Everything is ruined the rest of the day. Mm. It's like if you you're off schedule, off routine. If you're off schedule, yeah. If you're off schedule, um, you've put other people out, or you've, uh, I don't know. If I'm late, it really, it, I, and I'm late sometimes, but it gives me anxiety, crazy, crazy anxiety. But we created this idea of time or scheduling and things we have to like the calendar, because everything is under time. Whether it's what year is it, um, what day is it. You know what time you have to be at work? How much time is left? I think about how much time I've I've got left to make a baby. I think about how much Something time that I've we've got. been talking about a little bit here yeah. and there. I've got a, a a real obsession with how much time I have stand up comedy material wise. Of course, um, because everything we do is dictated by time and stand up. Like how much time do I get? I yeah. mean, if you think about it, we we talk about time almost more than jokes in stand up a lot of the time. Hmm. Okay. That's because we've got every so it's like time is just everywhere and it's uh, like if I forget my watch, which I've been forgetting recently, and I don't know if it's on purpose, sub, you know, like a subconscious on purpose mm-hmm. or not, but I just I float. I have no idea where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing because I become so reliant on it. If I'm on stage without my this little five dollar watch from like a CVS or something or like a Walmart, like I have no idea how long I'm on stage. Mm. I have to reprogram my brain to actually. Because I always can just check in on my, because I set the stopwatch on it. Mm. So I know exactly how long I'm on stage. Like a vibration stopwatch or what? No, I just can look at it. So if someone says, oh, hey, we want you to do seven minutes, I look down at six. You know, I look down, I'll check in my watch. And if it says I have six, I can, I can be off at seven. Oh, you know, when I started doing stand-up, that was like one of the biggest things in Boston. It was you always respect your fucking time. Yeah. Get a wristwatch because people don't really like you. Or at least when I started, it was like a thing. Like, you might not always see the light. Sometimes people don't light. They just expect you to know. You know what five minutes is. So get a wristwatch. And I've seen so many. It's like beat into Boston comics that you don't do. You don't go over your time. It's disrespectful to everybody on the show, especially the pros. And if anybody sees you do it, they're going to be like, you're a person who can't respect the show, right? If you go less than your time, 
that's disrespectful. It means that you um, didn't take advantage of what was given to you. We gave you a certain amount of time, and you're using less of it mm-hmm. than we gave you. That's disrespectful. I had this guy in a, a comedy club in Indianapolis, uh, Morty's Comedy Club, when it first opened. Was it Morty? It wasn't Morty. Okay. Um, the guy running the club at the time. Morty. Not Morty. Okay. Um, so he, it was my, one of my first road feature weeks. Mm. So I, I you asked. remember who you were working for? We're working with? Tom Simmons was the headliner. Oh, I love him. He's a good friend yeah. of Morty's. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we, right before the show, I'm always like, and I still am this way, even if it's just a show around town. If I don't know how much time I'm doing before I go up, I'm like, I don't get mad, but I'm like, why, why don't you tell me how much time I'm doing? So I'll go seek out the person running the show and be like, how much time are we doing tonight? Um, and so I know, but um, not that it matters to me in my brain as far as like my set order. I just need to know the time. I just want to, I just need to know the time just so, but it doesn't have anything to do with like the structure of my set or anything necessarily. So anyway, so I said, how much time am I doing tonight? Or how much time do you want me to do? And he looks at me and he goes, uh, do uh, 27 and a half minutes. What? That's what he said with a straight face. And I just, I sat there kind of smiling like, hey, funny, you're a funny asshole, I get it. And then uh, he just stared at me and walked away. And I was like, 27 and a half minutes, okay. Freaking Morty. At the time, I had a timer in my pocket, um, like a little buzzer that you could set anywhere up to like five or six vibrations where it would vibrate in your pocket. So I set one for 26 and a half, one for 27, and one for 27 minutes and 15 seconds. So when the last one went off at 27, 15 seconds, I knew I had 15 seconds to say goodnight. So I, and I also had my stopwatch. So the last one went off. I wrapped, I, I wrapped up and I said, you guys have been a lot of fun. My name is Ryan Singer. Thanks for coming out. Enjoy your headliner. I walked off stage, hit my timer, 27.30 on my fucking stopwatch, right? And I, and I clicked it right when I walked on stage. Uh, so I took a, my my foot was on stage. I hit start on my stopwatch. So I was on stage for twenty seven and a half minutes. I walked up. I showed. I put my wristwatch in his face. I go twenty seven and a half minutes, and I walked away. <laughs> and that was it. He didn't get you didn't, no response. And he just looked. I didn't even I didn't even hang around for him to give a response. You know, it was like you you're gonna you're gonna fuck with me. You're gonna I'm gonna fuck with you. So the next time I go, how much time do you want me to do? And he goes twenty eight minutes. And the, by the end of the weekend, he had me up to like thirty two fifteen or something. But it was like, really, we're just going to keep playing this game. So by the end of the weekend, it was fine. But, but because uh, Morty told him to do it. Yeah. So and Morty was a dog, actually. What? Yeah. Seven dog years, yep, Morty. Yep, yeah. He's forty eight. But I was the same way. The club I came up at, uh, the woman who owned it, was all about time. What club do was your it? time, Jokers in Dayton, Ohio. Jokers. Which is, it's a pile of rubble now, but. Um, yeah, it's do your time. Don't go over your time or you're disrespecting the show. And it's the same. She was kind of more of a, hey, if you if you get a big laugh and it's a little bit before your time, just go out on that. Mm. Don't flounder to fill. Mm. Okay. But. Uh, Son of a. I'm sorry. There's something you got a contact there. issue. No, I don't have a contact issue. I think or you have like a fiber in your eye. There's a piece of fuzz. Yeah, I know. My eye's getting a lot of fiber these days. Yeah. Huh. I've got this shit in my eye because my Mucilix. eye's getting so much fiber. Mucilix. How do you say that cereal? Mucilix? Mucilix? Um, it sounds like something that comes Mucus- out of your nose Mucus- when you say the cereal. Mucilix. Mucilix. I don't remember. Mucilix. Mucilix. Yeah, Mucilix. Ugh. Sounds gross. Makes me want to vomit. No, but time controls me like to the point where w- when you're on tour with three other people and you're in the same c- vehicle, um, 
you just have to, at one point, about two weeks into the tour, I was like, I just have to let go of this. I have to make a conscious decision to let go of time controlling my life because it's driving me crazy. Mm. Because we were, we were, we never got anywhere at the time I wanted to get there. Um, which is just a concession you have to make when you're traveling with three other people who have their own schedules. I like, also, I guess you're right. I mean, I think you are right. It is. I don't know why there. Uh, yeah, because we're 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 we start doing stand up in five minutes. Then it's like you get to a sometimes level. three even sometimes places. Three. Yeah, yeah. But it's like you get to the level where you're like, oh, I can do seven or eight, and you get to the level where you're you're a ten minute set. Oh, I'm capable of doing a ten minute set, which is a common set on pretty much any show, any showcase show. I can do ten minutes. So then, when I have to do less than that, when I have to do five minutes now or seven minutes, I'm like. Oh, is, yeah, isn't that weird? The more time you get, the harder it is to do less time. And here's the other thing, Ryan. I have no idea how long my jokes are. No, I have no idea. All I know is I'm long-winded, and I will make up. <laughs> I will make out a set list and be like, I always have two closers because I might end earlier than I think. I might end later than I think. So it's like I'll put one in parentheses, and if I have time, I'll do this extra bit. But it also depends on how much time. It depends on when I'm looking at the light. You know, that's a big thing that a lot of comedians don't do. That that a lot of uh, comedian ma- uh, club managers don't think of is to tell a comedian where the fucking light is. If you yeah. go up in a room for the first time and you go up on stage and you don't know where the light is, you're probably gonna run the light and everyone's gonna look at you like you're a dick that did it on purpose. Where it is and what it is. Where it is and what it is, because sometimes it's like the laugh factory is a red light hanging. It's like a lamp. It's like a light bulb hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, next to a uh, wall. Next to a next wall. Next to like a bathroom or something like that. Um, other clubs are a flashlight. Uh, a phone. Yeah, a phone. Uh, some clubs have a light that's like on the ceiling of the stage that the audience can't even see because of a hang down that blocks them from seeing it. Right. But if you're not, how many times are we looking at the sky when we're telling jokes on stage? Not very often. Exactly. So unless you're upper peripheral, if that's even a word, a thing, uh, catches it. But yeah, I, man, I just, I just want more time, dude. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I think about. It's like, I need to stop sleeping, man. If I had three wishes, three wishes, I want the first one would be to never have to sleep again because you get double the time, okay, or at least thirty three percent more time to your life. <laughs> okay, okay, you get. I would never sleep again. Oh yeah, number one wish. Uh, number two, never have to consume anything ever again, like water or food, to survive. So I would never have to sleep. I would never have to eat or drink water, which means I would never again be tired, ever again. Can you imagine how great it would be to never get tired, never have to poop again in public? Uh, not to mention. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, so you could drive forever because you would never get tired or never sleepy poop. Yeah. Um, or hungry or you never have to poop or stop to get food or water. And I don't know what the third wish is. Maybe it would be something like for other people. But um, essentially, you'd be a vampire. But even vampires have to eat, I guess. They eat uh, technically. People, yeah, they eat people. So, yeah, those would be my two of my top three wishes. I haven't figured out the third one yet, but it would be to never sleep again just so I could have more time. Because well, vampires if you can cut out sleep during the day. How much time do we... Spend looking for food. Not as much as we used to. Not as much as we used to because we don't have to forage. And we don't have to eat as much because of fire and all that kind of stuff that changed food. But, right. but anyway, uh, yeah, I just want more time because, I, I, I mean, how much more time can I have a baby? You know, am I too old to have a baby at what time? You know, like you're not even, like, you're not even allowed to have sex legally until 
a certain time limit has been reached of being alive. You can't drive. I mean, time controls everything. Your age is everything. Like you're allowed to go kill people now because you've been you've spent enough time alive. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. You, but it's you, all you, an invention, you've man. Been, you've been alive long enough, but not so long that if we lose you, we're doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if we keep yeah. you, hey, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you help us keep more of ourselves by getting rid of some of those other folks, even better. Some of you are going to die, but you're in the age range where we're okay with it. Yeah. We're, 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 we're okay with it. And if you make it out, you know what we'll do? We'll pay for college. If How about you, that shit? Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll pay for college. Because um, if you are a brilliant mind, we don't even know it yet. So it's like, you know, it's like that thing. You, you don't you don't miss what you never had. But man, yeah, if we if we had just had more time, you know, like the Fountain of Youth, man, Ponce de Leon was searching for more, immortality. Immortality. I think we're all immortal for now. I mean, I got this theory about we're all immortal right now because our DNA is replicated since the beginning of time. That's the only reason we're here right now is because our DNA um, has made it. So we're immortal, and that's I think the drive for okay, immortal in a sense, but that's not yeah. immortal. That's that's immortal as a, a, a being. As a I'm not saying our our conscious mind. This, right. this particular this conscious specific conscious mind is not immortal. Right. But our physical form right now yeah. is immortal. No, because, because we're going to go back into the earth, and then be food for worms who will get eaten by a bird, who will get eaten by a bigger bird. What's even bigger than that? What we've been here since the Big Bang. Me and you both. That's true. I watched it earlier this afternoon. Me and you both. I've kind of been sitting here ever since then. <laughs> it's kind of like, this show is underrated. <laughs> we both have been here since the Big Bang. Okay. And we will continue to be as long as we reproduce. And that's why people think dudes think with their dicks. They don't. They think with their DNA, man. Everybody thinks with their DNA, technically. Oh, man, this is getting deep. Your dick is just... It's getting um, deep shit. This shit's getting deep. Your dick is just kind of like it's it's the way it's like a bounty. I, like I don't want to do my act, but it's like your dick is a time traveler. <laughs> your dick is a time traveler. Your dick is a time traveling bounty hunter, trying okay. to trying to ensure your immortality. That's mm. why you have chemical. Man, I had a chemical reaction to a girl not too long ago over the holidays, where like immediately upon meeting her, I was like, I need to put a baby inside of you. <laughs> like I need to. I need. I to also make like the image of it being a baby that's already born. Well, yeah, you're like someone get me some <laughs> grease <laughs> and sleeping pills. I'm going to put a baby inside. This I place. like how in your brain, all you need to get a full grown baby into a woman is grease and make sure she's asleep because she couldn't wake up. No, the baby's got to be asleep. Oh, the baby. <laughs> <laughs> they wiggle. They. <laughs> Like greased hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! No, so I think, but to me, it's also a thing about like, wow, I, I don't. How much time do I have to spend with this woman to convince her to have my baby? Okay, see, it's funny that you say that because I, I like. There's a part of me that's like, would love to like have one night stands, right, and be like that kind of person, but I quickly learned for myself that. There's a lot of time that goes into convincing someone to sleep with you. And I don't see it wholesale making a lot of sense. Yeah. It's like, especially if it's like on the road and people, people cannot fucking believe that I don't hook up on the road. People cannot, but like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me? Oh, come on. You're going to a place where people don't have any hope. <laughs> you make them laugh. 
some women come up to you with their vaginas ready and you're like, sorry, no. I'm like, yeah, I don't know those women. What, 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 I'm going to sleep with her and then what? Then what? I don't know her. And then also trying to convince her to do it. I'm going to feel like a creep if it doesn't work out. Then I'm going to feel like an asshole if it does. That's how yeah. I feel it. That's how I feel about it. I'm the same way, but for different reasons. What, oh, what are your reasons, motherfucker? I don't sleep. Uh, well, I pretend like I'm famous already. Because I, like that. I just pretend I'm famous. I won't hook up with. I'm not saying I've never had any level of hookup on the road because, you know, you spend, you know, six years on the road. You can. There's going to be something that happens every once in a while, maybe. I've never. I've never hooked up. I've never had sex on the road, like in a hotel or the condo or anything. Um, to the best of my knowledge, right now speaking, like I don't think I have. Uh, I think I'd remember it, but it's because, well, especially be, if women are drinking, just to be, I won't. I won't hook up with drunk, drunk oh, chicks, man. I do not hook do up. It. I do not hook. If I know a chick has been drinking, I won't even really talk to her. I had a girlfriend who came over to my place in New York, back in, way back in New York. She came over to my place really, really, really drunk, and I was not. And then we had sex. I didn't like it. I was like, she's not here, right? She insisted on having sex. Mm-hmm. When, we, when I woke up in the morning, she told me something that I think she thought was funny, but really, really made me upset, which is she woke up and was like, why am I naked? Where am I? Oh, I'm in Barron. I'm with Barron. I'm like, what? You don't even remember coming over here or taking your clothes off or anything? She's like, no, I don't really. Like, That's fu- that means I had sex with a zombie. Yeah. So that means that you were a thing that was just sitting there. Uh, I can't do this anymore. I said, and I didn't really say that. I just thought it. I didn't really think it either. I'm, just, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm exaggerating. But I'm, I'm going to say, I, I want to say, I have hooked up on the road, but it hasn't happened, but I don't pursue it. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't happened with such frequency that it's a thing I do. It's happened like three times in the 11 years I've been doing stand up. Yeah, I definitely don't seal the deal, so to speak, on the road. Especially and, and anymore, the last few years, I kind of took the, you know, pretend like you're famous kind of thing. Because all's it, all's you, all's I need is, you know, seven years from now when I've got some real money. Hey, someone come up baby. Like, hey, yeah, it, right. You met me and you said you got grease yeah. and some sleeping pills. Yeah. Prove it's not your baby. It's harder to prove it's not your baby, you know what I mean, than it is for her to, prove, to make you believe it is. And also, this is going to sound, I, I, I don't care. I don't Go care ahead. how it sounds. I want to see how it sounds. All it takes is one really drunk girl to wake up the next morning, realize that she may have had sex with you, totally regret it. Next thing you know, hey, did this guy did this guy take advantage of me? And all it takes is an allegation to ruin your career. And that is the biggest reason I've never hooked up at colleges. Because these girls because and people are like, wait, wait, you're going to colleges and you're not fucking these girls? They don't know they're fucking eighteen. Yeah. They're eighteen and nineteen. No. Because even, They're like children. Even if, like, they are into it, there's all sorts of things that can happen. The next day, they can wake up with such regret. They can wake up and think. I mean, that's the whole thing that happened with Patrice O'Neill, where it's like he was what sixteen. This girl was fifteen or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? His statutory oh, yeah. rape yeah, charge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about that she that she after a while after people found out about it felt guilty, and then accused them of something else. She changed her story. So it's like. If a girl, 17-year-old girl is like, I want to fuck you, and we have sex, and then the next day she's like, you know what? That was an awful idea. And I don't know how she's going to turn that in on herself and how it's going to result in me. Best to just stay away. Plus, I wanted to keep working colleges and not get charges pressed against me. That's another. Yeah. And it's a total – it's just – 
it's not there's no win in that situation. I mean, you have one night of maybe some physical enjoyment for what for the chance that your whole career could be ruined or at least tainted. I mean, because you can come out of that and you know you can recover, but it's it's not something I'm ever interested in having to deal with. And that's a time thing right there for me, which is kind of like the amount of time it takes to convince someone to do it, the amount of time it takes to actually perform the act versus the amount of time you have to deal with that act being performed. Yeah. That's where I see it. It's like, okay, we can sleep together. This will take 10 to 30 minutes, and I'm going to have to suffer you (laughs) for 300 to 600 days. (laughs) Suffer you. I'm going to have to suffer (laughs) you for that long. Or they have to suffer me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, man. There's just not enough time to have to worry about that shit. I love that we keep saying the word time. I know. I have know. you seen the movie? Uh, but I don't think we realize how much, how how often. Have you seen the movie In Time? We say time. Have you seen the movie In Time? No, I don't think I have. Okay. It was written and directed by, uh, oh, my God, what's the guy's name? And I think it's Andrew Nichol. It's the guy who wrote Gattaca. I enjoyed um, Gattaca. He wrote, I think he wrote and directed Gattaca. Oh, he, dude, when I when I first saw Gattaca, yeah. and then after seeing it, someone goes, "Well, you know, Gattaca is just that's just the uh, that's just the spelling out of like the genetic code, right? And it spells Gattaca, or whatever, like the G A, or like it's a, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know what it is exactly, or but when they told me that, I was like, oh, I just like the movie more now. <laughs> Oh shit! I just got some secrets. Yeah, I got okay. The, sorry. So the no, guy who directed Gattaca. It was well. That's the thing, though. He 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 makes this really interesting, futuristic sometimes movies in which he 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 creates a movie that's an allegory for something that's really happening. You know, or like like Gattaca, like is about genetic uh, predispositions and deciding where people belong in a social construct depending on their genetics. You don't get to earn being somebody great. You were either, oh, you have the genes for it from birth and they train you for that, or you're a piece of shit. And the caste system is you're either going to be a rich executive or a janitor, and that's determined the moment you're born. And you never get to break out of that. That's what the kind of what he studies with Gattaca. In time, it seemed to be a little bit more of a, again, another kind of a wealth discrepancy sort of thing. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. In his alternate university, it is a it is a world where we've cured age. Oh, we've cured age, right? People do not get older than twenty five. They do in their years. Your body basically locks down at twenty five, and that's how you're going to look forever. The end. You have a time code on your wrist. It says, oh, is that the one with uh, that came Justin out a couple years ago? Justin Timberlake, or, yeah, or, yeah, okay. So it's like you have a time code on your wrist, right? This is 10 years on it or something like that. Maybe it's 10 or 25 years or something. So once – and it stays frozen until you hit 25, and then it starts counting down. And then you can – and then what happens is you can exchange time with people with this wrist movement, and time, minutes, hours becomes – it's literally currency. Is that you go up to get some coffee, and they'll be like, oh, that'll be eight minutes. And then you hit, hold your wrist under this thing, and it takes eight minutes off your thing. The moment that hits zero, you die of a heart attack. The end. So you work all day to get 20 hours on your wrist. From other people. From your job. Yeah. But there's, like, this whole thing about, like, then suddenly there's this guy who has 100 years who came from the rich part of town to the poor ta- part. And he gives all of his time to Justin Timberlake's character. 
and it sh- it throws the world off balance because that's not order. Those poor people are supposed to just die in the streets, and the rich get richer, literally living forever. They literally have a million years on their wrist and shit like that, right? Oh, wow. So that's kind of what he does in this movie. And I read the script, and I haven't seen the movie, um, but there is a point where I'm like, I cannot listen to any more wordplay with time in it. Yeah. That is it. Hey, can you spare a minute? Oh, okay. She means that she wants a minute of currency. Uh, that'll, I'll, that'll take one hour. What? One hour? That's crazy. We don't have time. A lot of scenes in with somebody saying that yeah, yeah. before they dramatically get in the car. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can't take this. Well, there's, I don't think we realize how often we reference time. I have a thing called my, um, my lady friend that lives in Sweden. There is an expression called Tids Optimist, which means time optimist. means you're a person who always thinks they have more time than they actually do. Okay. Which is me. I constantly misjudge how long things will take. And I either misjudge how long they'll take and I think they'll take less time and I end up being late for things or unprepared for things or missing deadlines. Or I think things will take way more time than they actually will. Then I put it off and put it off and put it off because I'm like, oh, I want to. Sp- I gotta make sure I spend all that time. And then I think, ah, oh, that only take three hours. I'll wait until eight p.m. to start it. And I'm like, oh, I should need to start. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go to bed. I'll do that in the morning. It's only gonna take three hours. And I wake up in the morning. I'm like, this is taking six hours. I can't believe that I thought this was gonna take three hours. I have no discipline. That's the point. <laughs> That's the point I'm trying to make. So you you're even aware of it and still continue to do it. Because I'm probably the opposite. I'm, I'm probably a time pessimist. It's a psychological... Yeah. I don't feel like and I've that's got... What, that's I'm what out of says. time. That's what she says about I'm just herself. out of time. I, it's, a, it's a psychological adjustment, dude. And that's the other thing. People, people yell at me like, how can I not understand this? What is wrong with you? And it's like, I just don't... I don't know. <laughs> like, I have well, no... it might be a thing where it's trying to tell a leopard to change its spots. It's just part of your coat, maybe. Maybe, but it just sucks that there's black stereotypes and people counting on me. They're just like, oh, he obviously doesn't respect me. Well, that is interesting to think about that because cause that's, a whole different, that's a whole different factor that you've had to experience in your life that I haven't had to deal with. And especially like when it comes when you're talking about the colleges, hooking up at colleges, there's a whole other layer there for you, I think, especially if it's a predominantly white college. Right, right, right. If I'm, I'm not going to... Me having sex with a young white girl... That is the stuff rich white men's nightmares are made of. Right. There is an entire genre of porn called watching my daughter go black. Because <laughs> well, the problem Guess is. Guess what too, happens to that? Oh, my God. There's, because if I hook up with their daughter, it's like, oh, my daughter hooked up with some 36-year-old comic dirtbag. They probably just assume I'm a dirtbag. Right. But. So it's not something they want either. But they can't but say that about But there's a whole other level. They have to say black dirt bag. Yeah, right? Then suddenly laws are being changed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't think we realize how much time controls us. I, I'm i really trying to release myself of it, but it's so hard. It's so Because I always feel like I'm out of time. I feel like I'm against it. I feel like people are working harder than me. I feel like people have... have Exactly. Have, and uh, I'm trying to get better at routine. I keep talking about this, like routine mm-hmm. and scheduling and just... Getting up, that's my thing, my new thing, is getting the fuck out of bed the moment I wake up. Doesn't matter how much time I've slept. It's like, uh, I went to bed at four in the morning and I woke up at nine, getting up. That's tough. Because then I, then I hate myself if I don't do it. Um, I slept in today. 
I got out of bed. Oh, and I was filled with self hate for about two hours. Um, I mean, not so not you, not real deep. You got but, a little extra sleep, but you lost twice as much time because you right? spent you spent another two hours going like I was up pretty fuck. late, and I was up pretty late. Um, in my defense, but I, I got out of bed at, and it's Sunday afternoon. I got out of bed at twelve thirty in the afternoon today, and I was like, "You might as well just quit comedy. You might as well move back to Ohio and get a job in a hardware store, because you're going to sleep in until twelve thirty when everybody else has been up since seven thirty writing or you know doing whatever." And I'm like, "Well, you need to relax. No one's up at seven thirty on a Sunday. Well, I mean, sure there are people, but um, those are like maybe the the super the hyper motivated." Just machines. But are you putting your, you're, you're still comparing ambition. yourself to that? You're like, right? I can yeah. be a hyper motivated machine. If someone's doing that at all, it means I'm capable of doing it. Correct. Right. And if if I'm not doing it, that means something's wrong with me. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. I could be doing that. I should be doing that, but I'm not. So I'm going to sit here for three hours and think about that and lose the time. <laughs> and be like, fuck! It's four o'clock in the yeah. afternoon. I haven't taken a shower. Because sometimes I'll just blow through stuff without really enjoying them, uh, even though the things I'm doing are for my enjoyment. Hiking's one of those things. You know, I'll run. You know, for a while I stopped wearing my watch to the mountain not too long ago because I had to stop because I was like, oh, I need, to, I need to beat my time. I was always trying to get up and down faster. And then I was like, well, I need to not care about that. It's healthy just going there. And getting some exercise. It doesn't need to be this, you know, measured event anymore. Plus, it takes away what uh, having some time, having some time to yourself. Yeah, right. You need some some if you time some peace. yourself. You don't have time to yourself. Exactly. You need some. I need some peace, man. I that was the hardest part of being on the road for, you know, being out of town for two months straight, was just not having the mountain. Uh, <laughs> although the last month of it. When I was with everybody else and we were doing the tour, there was just no alone time. I really recharge alone. That's my battery. And man, whew, talk about really pushing myself to the edge of being able to handle it. Um, I can only imagine having to share a cell, a jail cell for the rest of my life uh, where you just have no alone time whatsoever. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to try to find some alone time. Um, that's, it. I, that's why I understand why that's people don't want kids. That's the worst part of jail to you is that, like, oh, I'm going to have to share a cell with somebody. <laughs> like, jail wouldn't be that bad. Probably the worst like, part about jail would have to be poop in front of somebody else. Well, that's that's why you know whenever you see the movie where there's the guy that has the cell to himself and it's like a nice bed and like a TV in there. You're like, oh, he knows things. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, a, he's a scary man. He's got his own cell. Yeah. That's always the signifier. He's got his own castle. But the point is of all this thing that I'm trying to really wrap my brain around is that we've invented it. Now, granted, there's the natural way of of time passing through the the sun will rise and set every day, and it's very methodical and on time, and it's very scheduled. Yeah. But, and I understand that, you know, when we were younger as a species, you had to hunt during the day or sunlight. You know, I mean, our a schedule was made for us by our necessities of survival. Mm-hmm. So we've adapted past all that stuff. We don't need the sun now to hunt. Um, it messes up our it messes up our circadian rhythms. Oh, if you doesn't it? If you well, work third shift, we 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 stay up. We don't go to bed with the sun going down, and we don't wake up with the sun coming up. We have, as you said, invented 
a certain amount of time. So it's like I get so the sun is now in relation to what we decided is eight a.m. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why there was like, oh, what time does the sun come up? Comes up at seven, but I don't get up until eight. You know, that's when the day really starts is when I get up, not when the sun comes up. That's funny that you said that because when does the sun come up? Oh, it comes up at this time. No, no, the sun comes up. This time is when the sun comes up is the way it should be. The sun, the sun cannot be controlled by our constraint, our, our construct. But, and it changes, but we change the times. Like, oh, the sun comes up at this but time. Why have we decided all of this to control ourselves with this schedule? Why have we invented something to imprison ourselves, and then we have to be on these strict schedules that we've all agreed upon that none of us really fucking like anyway? Why the fuck did we do that? Why have we agreed to do that? <laughs> Why did we do this? Why did we invent time, man? <laughs> Why do we let time control us? We, it's a conscious decision to let time control us. We've just bought into it, and man. We've all bought into it. Bought into the, it. Why did we do it? Agriculture. Maybe it was practical at first. It was agriculture. Well, agriculture was... To me, agriculture, agriculture was... You, you, it's farmers. You, you wake up when the sun's up. Right, but then we had to... But then... I think when because agriculture is us doubling down on one location, right? Because before we were like, I'm going to farm. We were just fucking going to where the food was. Uh Uh-oh, we're out of food here. Let's go to a different place. When we come back, the food here will have grown again, right? We ate all the berries and all the shit. Let's go over there where there's more berries. Ah, we ate all these berries. Let's go back to the other place. Hey, there's more berries. Then we're like, you know what? Why don't we just grow our own berries? Then it became about the work schedule. It became about productivity and growing as many berries as you can because then we invented wealth at the same time as agriculture. You know so what? time management. Now came I got all these play. berries and you don't have any berries. So I don't want to just give you my berries. And then it became about, well, I got to get up and work the fields now. When's that going to happen? And somehow we decided there was a there was a time of day or when the, there was a relationship of the sun to the sky that was best for getting up and working the fields because if I get up at, when that happens or something, then I'll be done by by another time. I was just listening to uh, I've been listening to this History of Rome podcast called The History of Rome. It's awesome, and he was talking about time in Roman times because there weren't clocks yet. Yeah, it was sundial still, right? But nobody used them. Yeah, there it was just sundials. Didn't but, matter. But those were really more like landmarks or like just like pieces of jewelry or like a painting. Like a bell went off. That's when you knew. Okay, we all need to go over to this place. There was no bell. You just woke up when the sun came up. Oh, no, I mean for, like, town meetings and stuff, because I was going to say, like, I understand the idea of time being convenient for meeting, for group, for a group activity. I I don't know that that happened. You kind of went to people's houses over and over again. And he was talking about how the the day was 24 hours long. Somebody invented that. But what an hour was changed depending on how long daytime was. So they didn't have daylight savings. They had hour elongation. It was like 12 hours was sun up to sun down. And if that was a short amount of time, then an hour suddenly was 30 minutes long. You had 12 30-minute long hours. We would, we would see it as an hour's 30 minutes. They were just like, no, it's this time of year. Because I guess so they didn't have hour, gear shifts yet, so and they then couldn't have had watches. when it was long days, long day times, an hour was an hour and a half long to us. And they figured it out. I wonder how long it took them to figure out like, the adjustment period for those. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Because you figure it's going to have to take at least a couple years of observation to figure out, okay, on this date, because they had to have the calendar by then. They did have a calendar, yeah. A Julian calendar. Yeah, so you'd have to say, okay, when the Julian calendar hits a specific date, this is when we start tapering down the hour, maybe. Well, our time is based on the revolution of the Earth, right? About how the Earth revolves. Well, the seasons and everything, yeah. And then also how we go around the sun, how long it takes to go around the sun once, and how long it takes for the planet to go around itself once. Right? Or the planet to go around itself? To revolve. Oh, oh, you mean so it's like spinning while it's rotating, while, yeah. while it's revolving. It's rotating going, and revolving. It's revol- rotating and revolving. So the Earth Yeah, because it's kind of like that while it's also doing that. Right, exactly. Like a perfect pitch. <laughs> yes. Like, like a, a curveball. Like a, a, like a 12 to 6 curveball. <laughs> I understand the practicality of time. But also, I'm just saying the Romans didn't think about it like, oh, yeah. an hour is 30 minutes. Now. Like, you're like, late. You're late for they work just and got all that up shit. And they're like, I can see the sun's going to go down. I got to get all the because also when it was dark, there were no street lights. Yeah, you were going to die. There was if just you were outside, like torches when and the candles. sun went down, yeah. you were going to get ran over or stabbed or killed or beaten. The end. So sun's up. Shit, get up, out, do all my shit. Hope oh, sun's going down. Got to get home before the sun. Oh, I can see it's getting close. Getting home. There wasn't it wasn't like uh, oh uh, the sun's going down in about an hour. Better start wrapping up. It was just like oh shit, I can see it. But if everything evolves, if everything, let's assume for a second, everything evolves, okay? And, and by evolution, I mean it heads toward um, like being, becoming more complex uh, and specialized. You're talking about human evolution? I'm talking about everything in general. Okay. Because, you know, this is all just me like spitting out stuff I've heard in recent TED Talks. Okay. But it really resonated with me. This guy Kevin Kevin Kelly and these other. But anyway, the point is the evolution of anything kind of leads towards complexity and specialization. I think even including comedy, because um, now you don't need Johnny Carson to tell you what's funny. Now you've got YouTube channels out the wazoo we've never even heard of, where these people are making probably six figures doing YouTube videos in comedy, and we've never even heard of them. There's an entire generation of comedians that have never performed for a live audience. Exactly. My sister loves them. And I've never heard of one of them. I, can, I, can name, I could name you some. I've seen some of them. Some are not bad. But you know what? My t- for my taste, what I think is funny as a comedian, the ones that I really like have like, they, they gravitate, the most popular ones are like five digits worth of views. Like mm-hmm. they get like 50, 60,000 views. I'm like, this is interesting. Then the ones that get a million, two million views, I'm like, this is awful. This yeah. is the most crappiest, hackiest shit I have ever heard. And that is two million views. Of course it is. But as you were saying, though, we don't need Johnny Carson to tell us. So you're just saying we've evolved from Johnny Carson to... Comedy has become more complex, complex and specialized. And specialized, okay. So people don't need Johnny Carson to tell them what's funny. Now they can go find what they find to be funny. They want to tell Johnny Carson what's funny. You know what I'm saying? They do. Because how much does that happen to you? You get off stage, hey, I don't know you, but here's what I think is funny that you should yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all the time. So let's assume for, uh, for the sake of this argument, for this discussion, it's not even an argument, just this talk, that Sounds like an argument. everything evolves and becomes more complex and specialized. So time, the, uh, the, uh, the construct of time, since it is an invention, um, also has to become more complex and specialized, which we have milliseconds and we have all that shit. But there has to be something else, right? There has to be com- some kind of sideways jump for time. And if the space-time continuum which is a thing, and I don't know what the fuck it means, but it's really fascinating. But if 
if you think that time doesn't have to be linear, and that's when you can get into time travel and all this other kind of shit, right? Like, let's say for a second you can occupy multiple places in time simultaneously, past, future, sideways, or whatever. What, where does time go? Because, I mean, we've pretty much got it locked down on the measurement side, it seems like, at least as of now, until something big happens and maybe totally jars our perception where, like, the world was flat, no, now it's round, which changes everything about it. So what do we understand about time that is next for us? I'm trying to figure out what, you know, I'm trying for us right now to invent the next evolutionary phase of time. Okay. What could it be that happens next? Is it because once we started measuring our lives, our lives have become shorter? Like the minute we became aware of evolution, did evolution stop? No. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what is no? <laughs> so, is it possible that if we stopped measuring time and we just existed, that we would live longer? Whether it's even just our perception of what is longer or not, because when you're a kid, time, it takes forever to grow up takes forever because you're experiencing things for the first time so you're taking them in but now that we've become accustomed and bored with our surroundings time flies people say time flies when you're having fun time flies also when when you're totally bored in that kind of way <laughs> time flies also when you're miserable exactly so if we stopped being aware of time and we just all let go we all just woke up tomorrow whenever because there would be no time to wake up and said let's just be without these you can get fired from your job if you're 30 minutes late, like three times, depending on the employee handbook. 30 minutes is bullshit. Thinking about the long history of time, billions of years. Think about... We human... invented some perfunctory unit of time that means you have worked. There's no real... Oh, you've been here eight hours. Somebody just decided that's you've, as long as it takes to feel like you've done a job. You've earned this thing now that we've decided. Yeah. Oh, you've been here for eight hours? Because you've been here long enough. You can leave. We've, I decided that you've done enough work today because it's been this much amount of time. Man, we get so obsessed with... I get so obsessed with thinking about my lineage, which I could give a shit about. Your lineage? Like children and having like oh, passing, oh. you know, okay, having yeah, yeah. time to have kids. Like we were talking about earlier. Like I don't know why this popped in my brain, but I only get obsessed with that around the right woman. If that makes sense. Well, but, you, but, uh, but think about this: six hundred million years from now, are we human? Try to think about human history at that point. We're not going to look like we look. I we're not even going to be here. Probably the earth will always be here. Why are we so, so obsessed with trying to have kids and trying to, you know, pass on things because what and we remain we're, timeless. We're obsessed with, we are obsessed with ourselves. The amount of time we have. We, we have projected the end. We're, we're, we're racing against ourselves to the end of our lives. It's like, I know I'm going to live for about this much time. So I need to do all this shit. I need to have certain things in place. And we've invented these markers 
of, okay, at 30, you're supposed to be this. At 40, you're supposed to be this. At 50, you're supposed to be this. Oh, but now I'm conscious of, I'm thinking about, yeah, how long am I going to live? How much can I get done before I'm hitting the point where I'm, but because I know how long people live and because we've all, we read constantly how to live longer, how to, you know, just like how to eat to get to this amount of time. We're so conscious of the end of our days that we are not living in every single moment. Which is interesting. Because we're projecting, we're constantly projecting the end at any moment. And not even just like the end, like I might walk outside and get hit by a car at the end, that this is going to end. And I know it. And there have been, and I, I now know how much time it's going to take. I'm going to live mm. to, if I eat well, <laughs> 80 to 100 years. I am 32, means I have this much time left. Hmm. That's yeah. what we're thinking about. See, that's what really bothers me too. Um, it doesn't really bother me. I, I should rephrase and that. And then we, I then like, I know I compare myself to people from history that have done. It was like, okay, yeah, right. What was Alexander no. do, great doing at do like, He was doing what at thirty two? I could barely read a book about Alexander the Great. Or so and so already had three different TV shows they did by the time they were twenty six. I'm thirty six. People get really caught up on age, especially out it's, here. It's, it's I don't crippling. care about my age. Like I, but thinking about that shit is very crippling. It is, And I think in a, to answer a question you asked before, if we didn't project the end of our days on ourselves at all times, yes, we would live longer conceptually in a sort of a way because mm. we wouldn't be thinking about that. What we would be doing is living in the moment. The, the most important time is now. We would be more concentrated on now if we weren't always thinking about then. We're and, obsessed yeah. with then. Right now is the best time. It just is. <laughs> A, a good example, I don't want to make this sad, but um, there's a comedian in Nashville, Tennessee named Brian E. Kiley. I think the E is important. Because uh, well, that's Brian Kiley, the uh, Conan writer? Yeah, well, so, yeah, they're different people. Um, he was, you know, I don't know how long he'd been doing stand-up comedy, but he was killed this morning, like really early this morning, by a drunk driver. So driving back from a gig, I, I'm assuming was a gig. Um, so it's like you, we do all these things to think about you know, how much time can I add to my life? But at the same, but in this, but on the other hand, there's some things way beyond our control. So it's, so we get up so obsessed over this kind of stuff and I do the same thing. And then I think 600 million years from now, when the earth is still here, um, eventually the sun will burn out. That's just the truth. Um, it's going to be a really long time from now. They theorize. Um, but, it's going to be long enough from now to where if we, if we aren't inhabiting other planets, some future manifestation of the human evolution form, um, then we don't deserve to be, I guess, probably. But that's so far in the future that it doesn't even really matter, especially now. But the choice, the choice we have as men um, is do we go out and try to you know, have children who can someday maybe decide to have children who will then decide if they want to have children, blah, 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 until they're living on some other planet. Here's a weird thing that just came to my brain. Fear of death. Is the fear of death death or the fear that we never actually were living our lives? Oh. I think it's mostly the latter. Because it's like when I think about – 
what I hear and feel to be the commonalities of fearing death, there's always this element of, but I didn't get to, there's all this stuff I wanted to do. And now I'm not going to get to do it. I got to do all this stuff before that happens. Well, I've got that kind of like, I've been, I did that joke. I kind of got a joke about it, but it was a joke that launched from a real choice I made in my life about wanting to regret the things I've done in my life, not the things I've never done. And the joke is being on my deathbed thinking to myself, I never should have done that, as opposed to I wish I could have. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. so I think that's not a flawed, or it's not a flawless philosophy because it gets myself into some situations that I shouldn't be in. But at the same time, I'm not going to be that dude, man. I'm not going to be on my deathbed, even if it's an expected deathbed or an unexpected deathbed. I'll probably have a flash of a second unless I'm shot in the head from behind. I will have a flash of a second where I realize, thank God I was trying. Thank God I failed so much. Because how many? I read this book, How to Stop Smoking, The Easy Way to Stop Smoking. I read it 14 times. I haven't smoked in over two, two years now. It uh, doesn't sound that easy. <laughs> they read it 14 times yeah it's easy to start smoking too after you stop wait is that the sequel to the book no that's how it gets you <laughs> if you now that you've read it's easy I, to stop smoking yeah. why don't you read this other book it's like I was it's addicted to reading to the book smoking. I think I only started smoking again so I would have to read the reading the book have you said that on stage that's funny I don't know if I have I feel oh. like I've said it on this podcast before but maybe maybe I but that's funny I had this. You substituted your addiction yeah. to smoking with the addiction to reading the book. I used to think I always had to have at least two to three revolving addictions in my life at, at one time. So if I if I quit one thing, I had to pick up something else. Yeah, I have the same thing. Except that my addictions are usually called Jennifer and Stephanie. Oh, and girl, you got stupid. Um, <laughs> but I think about that. I wish if I never had to wear a watch again the rest of my life, I'd be happy. If I never had to worry about how long I was on stage again for the rest of my life, <laughs> I'd be happy. Because uh, we've got clocks counting cu- counting us down um, inside of our body. I'm looking at the time. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. How, much, fucking, oh, how, how we, much fucking time have we talked? People aren't going to listen to this. They don't have enough time. They don't have enough time. But you were saying if you didn't have to blah. If you didn't have to blah, blah, blah. If I didn't. Blah, oh, blah, yeah. Time, oh, if, if I never had to blah, blah, blah. If I never had to consider time ever again. Think about how freeing that would be. That, I guess you could say that that's what the tribal people did. You know, yeah. like our ancient tribes, our ancestors. I think they considered seasons. They considered maybe. seasons, but they considered them to the extent of... When they were nomadic anyway. They were nomadic anyway. It was like, oh, it's getting cold. Let's go over there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like... Uh, it's instinct it's and survival and... I just get pissed, man. When I think about well, things I wish we invent, it like it. <laughs> <laughs> Just when I think about things we've all agreed upon to control ourselves in ways that we don't necessarily need. I want to have a commune, a timeless. Baron, there are there are communes. Dude. A timeless. I'm getting really excited. I just got up on my knees. I noticed that from uh, laying down on the floor. You want to invent a commune that has no a timeless, time. a timeless commune. It's like Vegas. No windows. You never know what time it is. I'm going to Vegas tomorrow, by the way. Why? Because I need to make rent for April. But uh, Wait, what, you're working in Vegas? No. I'm going to turn March's rent into April, May, and June's rent through gambling. I This am is a horrible scared. idea. scared. <laughs> I am scared for you. Well, my car is on its deathbed, so I need to win a new car. Um, 
So that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to Vegas needing more money. Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. Yeah, right. So, but I want a timeless commune. Oh, think about how great that would be. A place where you can go and live and you, you grow your own food. Um, and time doesn't matter at all. No time ever matters. There's never like, and then maybe a bell rings every once in a while. When a bell rings, that's when everybody comes to the to a meeting room and we have a talk about stuff we want or whatever. That's all it is, is a bell or somebody blows a horn and that's when you know, oh, hey, we need to go do this. Let's all go over here if we want. Hmm. Right? Okay. Yeah. Because I think you're talking about how the Romans didn't have clocks, obviously. Yeah, I remember. Where, I or mean, not they, even they, sundials, really, you were saying. Yeah, well, they, they kind of had clocks and sundials. It, it also depends on the era of Rome we're talking about. I'm talking about kind of like... Uh, like Before this guy Nero. This, no, no, <laughs> after Nero. After Nero? Yeah. Before Nero, I'm, just, I'm talking about a particular like peak of like Marcus Aurelius kind of around then, which is after Nero. Uh, I'll, t- I'll teach you more about Roman history uh, later. Uh, <laughs> a little bit before Marcus Aurelius, because Marcus Aurelius' son was uh, Joaquin Phoenix from uh, Gladiator, and uh, he sucked. <laughs> but before them, there was a peak. Marcus Aurelius was kind of the end of this. They called it like the four good emperors or something. Okay. And it was like Trajan and Hadrian and people who redefined, like were, were really practical uh, emperors and like did shit that was really interesting and like works and public works. And didn't just have... Like huge structures built to to uh, to themselves to themselves yeah no which, to glorify themselves ba- yeah basically yeah uh, except Hadrian I think did have one built to a boy that he loved that killed himself which is unknown as to whether the, the some Hadrian's like his cabinet killed the guy because they were like he's taking too much fucking attention or the guy killed himself because he's like I can't get away from this guy but he erected all these statues to this kid. And there's still a lot of them still exist. Anyway, here's what I wanted to say. Um, oh Jesus Christ! I don't hate time. I don't want people to think I hate time. No, 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 no. Because no. we wouldn't have music without. I mean, a lot of a lot of music <laughs> wouldn't have happened without time. Three, four time. Do do do. Right. Do, do, I mean, there is a lot of music, a lot of great music that is. It's about time. Time is now. Okay. That just got really Carl Sagan-y. <laughs> Have you seen his series Guys on Netflix, now. The Cosmos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to do a spoof where uh, it's Weinbach. Wait a minute. They're, they put up They're the from old like, Cosmos? Yeah, the on old Netflix? Cosmos. Yeah. Oh, shit. He likes himself a lot. Millions and millions. He likes himself a lot. I think I'm, I'm trying to uh, get Weinbach on board with doing a spoof of that series. A lot of people ask me. That's my impersonation oh, yeah. of, uh, of Weinbach. <laughs> oh, Oh, okay. A lot of people ask me. I don't know if you're doing Sagan. Would it be strange if? All right. Um, damn it. I had a dream. I forgot what I, I like. I love Sagan. Like they, one of the episodes of the Cosmos is oh. all based on him having a dream, and he and he presents this dream shit as like scientific evidence for something. Anyway, it's, hey, you know what book you might like? Einstein's Dreams. You ever heard that book? Oh no, but I I sounds awesome. Already. Alan Lightman. A professor of quantum physics and creative writing at MIT. Perfect. Who wrote a book on what he I hope he I could basically it. thinks this is what Einstein must have been dreaming about leading up to him coming up with the theory of relativity. Oh, so he it's speculative Einstein dreams. Yeah. It's fucking aw- it's pretty amazing. It's a pretty amazing read. 
Uh, here's what I was going to say. Uh, we spend a lot of time preparing for things that are eventualities or that never happen, like disasters. Mm-hmm. But not even just like a natural disaster, Preppers. a landslide, a blah, but aging, you know, um, wanting to have security in one's home, family, et cetera, et cetera, love. But it's like, instead of living in the moment right now, we are spending our youth working towards a time where we will be able to live in the moment. The problem with it is that we'll have used up our bodies by then. That's why it's like you see people retire and they do nothing but fucking travel. But it's like, but now you're not young enough to do all the things that you could have done if you just mm-hmm. went there when you were in your 20s. And your brain has been infected by 30, 40 years of thinking of things in this way and garbage of garbage and being beaten down and underappreciated and, you know, miss all those, all that shit. That's like, now you can enjoy life, but you don't have the brain or the body for it anymore. We took that from you. Mm -hmm. Have a good time until you fucking fall over. And some people would speculate, well, that's it. That's what they want. Who's they? Like who's they? The people in power. Yeah, that's what they want, man. That's what they want. They want you to do that shit. Oh, yeah, closing I thought. I wish. Do it. If people, closing thought. If, if someone's listening. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Closing thought. If someone is listening. Can you come up with a thought that uh, closes? <laughs> to, to whoever's out there right now. Okay. Um, I don't know what time it is when you're listening to this. Oh, shit. You said, you said it. You said, but you it said is. the magic word. This is uh, this is for real. I'm really feeling this. Okay, like this isn't me being sarcastic. All right. Okay. I'm actually kind of overwhelmed with emotion right now. It's been Do kind it. of an emotional day for me for under, for lots of it. reasons. Every day, we make a conscious effort, maybe starting now, including myself, to break free from the shackles of time just a little bit, a little bit more every fucking day. We can break free from time. We can live forever. I really think that. I really think I can, some form of me can live forever. Forever is a time-based word, but whatever. I want people to try to encourage me to do it because I'll forget or I'll get caught up in stuff to stop being so controlled. I want want to free myself of time. I'm so excited about this right now. (laughs) I can see that. Let's break free from time. I'm frightened by it. Let's break free from time. And I'll let you break free from this podcast right now. God now. damn it, that's a good transition out of here. Now. All right, good talk, man. That is an incredibly poignant and existential challenge that Mr. Ryan Singer has put to us. And a lot of us are going to try it, and we're going to fail. <laughs> I am already doing such a thing. Um, but it is a great thing to think about, and and I hope we made you think a lot today. Talking in circles, but it's always fun. We talk in circles, but and I know what that means. It means that we're in an intellectual whirlpool, baby. And it worked out your intellectual muscles for a little bit. Uh, Want to do some plugs for the All Things Comedy Network? Please listen to other podcasts on the All Things Comedy Network. Like I said, I mentioned Jackie Cation at the beginning of this podcast. She was my guest last week. You might want to check out her podcast, The Dork Forest, also on All Things Comedy Network. I've been on a couple episodes. I've also been on The Champs. 
I've also been on the Long Shot Podcast. I've also been on Walking the Room. Haven't been on Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. Haven't been on The Skeptic Tank. Haven't been on Jake This. Haven't been on Harlan Highway. I haven't been on The Naughty Show. I haven't been on Your Mom's House. I haven't been on The Bone Zone. These are other podcasts that are on the All Things Comedy Network. Check them out. Soccer Comics. Mini Band Men. Fucking funny people. Why am I getting so angry? My joy is making me angry. Not really. Um, I Thanks for listening, guys. And I hope that you have a good week. And uh, I hope you find ways to release yourself from the shackles of time. Time. The slave master that's fucking us all. All right, bye.